Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Everyone, so it's another takeover today. It's Steve. Uh, back on episode number seven, I think it was, I actually interviewed Charlotte so we could find out a little bit more about her. Today's a bonus episode of the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, and Charlotte's asked me to come back to do a little bit more interviewing. This isn't scripted or rehearsed, so we'll see how it goes. But it's a mental health week this week, and uh, we want to raise some awareness of mental health and linking that to diabetes. There's obviously a big connection between diabetes and mental health, so hardly surprising, really, given the stresses associated with having diabetes and everything you go through in the lead up to having uh, or being diagnosed with diabetes, the diagnosis, and then living with it. So, uh, like I say, Charlotte's asked me to come back for a few reasons. One, uh, I do enjoy a good podcast, but also uh, my background is that, um, well, I, a lot of us are affected by mental health in one way or the other, but personally, my brother has, uh, he's only 46, suffers from a very rare type of mental illness. Uh, it's called frontal temporal dementia. So he's only 46 and it's a sort of rapid onset dementia. And they often say that mental illnesses affect those around the person more than it does uh, the actual person suffering, particularly with um, dementia. And that's very true with uh, the condition my brother suffers from. So I'm very aware of mental illness and what it can mean to the person suffering and the people around them. So hence, Charlotte, thought it'd be a good idea to come on this week or on this episode and talk a little bit about mental illness, have me ask her a few questions and really um, link that back to diabetes. So that's enough about me and why I'm here, Charlotte. So we're here to talk about diabetes and mental illness. How many people are affected, do you think, or are there any stats about the sort of link between mental illness and diabetes? Um, yeah, so they say that if you have diabetes, you are two to two to three times more likely to suffer with um, some kind of mental health uh, condition. So, yeah, quite quite an increase. <laughs> quite considerable. Why do you think that is? I think there's loads of reasons. I think initially, some people may have been through quite a traumatic time leading up to their diagnosis um especially if it's not picked up quickly you know you can get very ill um but before it's actually diagnosed um so i suppose going through a, you know a kind of traumatic time then and then you've got the diagnosis which might be a massive shock um and then getting your head around you know a lifelong condition I think it's it's not being told, oh, you've got this and we'll give you this and you'll get better. It's you've got this, you've got it forever now, and this is how we're going to manage it. So I know in previous episodes you've talked about how um, the stress can lead to weakening the immune system and sort of lead to illness. I guess it's something, not medical person, but is it fair to say there's probably a 
you know the reverse effect happening as well the uh, the being ill sort of affects your stress levels yeah definitely i suppose it's a bit of a cycle because being ill affects your stress levels and then with diabetes stress levels affect your blood sugar levels so i think that's why it's really important to talk about actually because you could be trying really, really hard with all the practical and the physical um, parts of your diabetes management. But if you have got some, you know, underlying issues, depression, or especially if you suffer with anxiety, straight away anxiety releases stress hormones and stress hormones increase your blood sugar levels. So if you don't address that cause, you, you know, you're kind of chasing your tail a bit. So anxiety, that, that's a mental illness uh, what does anxiety look like for people what how would you describe it because people may not realize they suffer from anxiety yeah um i mean i suppose it it can present itself in different ways um like you said some people might not even realize they have it but overthinking so overthinking to a, a massive extent you know it could be that you're popping out and and in your head that you know, I mean, as in popping to the shop and in your head, it becomes a really big deal because you're, you're overthinking all, all, all the little things that could happen or um, especially with diabetes, you can get quite anxious about what your blood sugars are going to do if you're going out or fear of having hypos in public, that kind of thing. So, you know, a, a level of that, I suppose, is, is normal and healthy, but I think it's when it starts to really affect you day to day that it's you know so there's the overthinking but that leads to stopping you going out potentially yeah yeah definitely um and that's really relevant at the moment as well because in lockdown um and I, i've had this myself so i didn't go out uh, you know this i think for i didn't leave the house to, to actually you know get in a car and go anywhere for about three weeks and then suddenly going to tesco to do the food shop is a massive deal um so yeah i suppose anxiety can can present itself like that some people have this um it's really it's, it's hard to describe what anxiety feels like but almost a bit a bit of an underlying panic um and sometimes you, you don't know why you can't relate it to anything you can just wake up in the morning and you feel quite unsettled um and again people might not realize but but, you know that's anxiety in itself so um mental illness is one of the things that people in the certainly in the past didn't like to talk about it's one of the reasons we're talking about it today because it's you know we're here to help raise awareness um why is that do you think i i think we well there's definitely a lot of stigma around mental health i think we've turned into a bit of a man up society <laughs> um I don't know. It's, it's a hard one, but I can honestly say myself that talking about it, 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 it makes me quite apprehensive and that's, that's not a good thing. You know, we're definitely getting better with mental health and it should be looked at as on par with our physical health. But for some reason it, it's got this stigma attached. Is that the same as a little bit like diabetes? It's one of those invisible illnesses that people think, well, if you can't see it, it can't be that bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I think with um, especially like depression, I think if people haven't experienced it for themselves, 
it's, it's not being ignorant, but it, I think it's very difficult to understand. If, if you've never experienced it, you kind of think, well, how can you be sad for no reason? Um, so yeah, it's definitely about raising awareness and, and making people understand a bit more, but actually this is, it's as much as a physical condition as anything else. So we've all got our own sort of battles and, um, stresses and everything, but I know you're someone who's, um, suffered from sort of obviously diabetes, but also, you know, what we class as a mental health issue, which, um, you sort of volunteered to, to talk about today, uh, which is never a comfortable thing to do and share with people, with strangers and friends. Um, so how has this sort of affected you and what, what have been sort of, how have you suffered in the past? Um, I, so, so I suffer with depression and anxiety. Um, I think I suffered with it for many, many years before well before firstly I recognized it and then secondly I did something about it and there was a big gap between between the two of those um and I'd actually been offered medication um by the doctors for for quite a few years and and again there was this whole stigma around all antidepressants you don't want to go on happy pills um <laughs> Uh, so I kept saying no, and but obviously there there was an issue there. Um, but like I said, it it was a long time before even I recognised it because when it's something that's going on in your own head, we're not in anyone else's head, so it, it's hard to know what's what's normal or what's healthy, um, and, and what's kind of getting outside of that and is actually becoming a problem. So how do you recognise this? Is it just you're having a bad day and you sort of don't feel happy or is it uh, I, more than that? I think for me, it was, it was being unhappy and having no reason to be unhappy, but not being able to snap out of it. And again, that's kind of a, uh, a bit of a misconception, I think, is if someone hasn't experienced this, but they have this kind of, well, just snap out of it, you know, just cheer up. But it's, you physically can't. And I think it was that, that thought process for, okay, I'm feeling like this, I'm, I'm feeling down, I'm, I'm losing interest in things that I normally enjoy doing. Um, but why? Like, why am I sad? What, what have I got to be sad about? And I think you need to kind of, if you're getting into a bit of a slump you, you need to set it out in a practical way and go okay so you know all right I'm feeling anxious what am I feeling anxious about and, and it might be there is no answer um, and, and the same with this kind of feeling of sadness or, or they say like a strong feeling of, of hopelessness it's a kind of a why bother type um, feeling and yeah, I think you need to ask yourself, is there something triggering this? Like, is there one part of my life I need to work on to, that, that could make me feel happier? And if it's actually, no, I don't like, you know, on paper, I should be very happy, but I'm really struggling with that. I think that's how you can kind of recognize it in yourself. So is it a case of, you know, you feel that for a day, you should pop to the doctor? Or is it like something that builds up over a period of time, stays with you? Yeah, I, I think officially, I just have to check this. I think officially they say if it goes on longer for a period of three weeks. Um, I mean, for me, it had probably gone on for 
for maybe years before I recognized it. So, so by the time I recognized it, it was definitely a problem. You know, it was an ongoing thing. It wasn't, a, I'd had a, a miserable week and, you know, thought, oh my gosh, I've got depression. It was, you know, it was an ongoing thing. It could be weeks and months. And if you feel that, you know, looking back, it, it has gone on for a, a period of time, then that's when it's becoming a problem. So I'm going to say something a little bit controversial, but um, I've known you for a long time. Yes. And you're one of the happiest people I know, <laughs> which goes against the whole everything you're saying right now, yeah. because you always seem so happy. Yeah. Yet inside, you're saying you're not sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And uh, another reason. And maybe that kind of builds to the stigma that's around it, because if someone does openly come out and say, I've got depression, and a lot of people haven't experienced that, they can go, no, you haven't. Like, how are you depressed? You're happy, you're smiling, you're laughing, you crack jokes. Like, but it's, yeah, it's not, you, you don't have to walk around with a face like Eeyore to, to, sh to show that you're depressed, you know? Um, and I think that's another reason it can go on for so long because you 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 do put a front on, and I, I'm not saying that you're 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 miserable and depressed 100 percent of the time. And it's all a big act because of course there's you know you you can still be happy and things can still make you happy, but it's like this underlying feeling. And if if you're not open about it yet, or if you haven't kind of accepted it yourself yet, you'll probably get very good at hiding it. And when you hide it, what happens? It gets worse. <laughs> it gets, it's like pushing something down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And it's, it's never going to disappear that way. Which is obvious to say, looking back at it, but yeah. at the time. Oh yeah, at was... the time, it, it was the best thing to do was to, to, to put a face on and um, pretend to be happy. And that's kind of a, I suppose, a bit of a coping mechanism. Um, yeah, no one would have, no one would have known and unless it was someone very, very close to me. So say, for example, a partner or, um, you know, a family member, probably someone you live with that would be picking up on things. But apart from that, you know, none of my friends would, would have known that I felt like this. Um, and then as it progresses, or, or certainly in my case, as it progressed, um, I just started to push people away maybe through fear of them noticing um i don't really know but you do or i did quite like start to isolate myself quite a bit so you thought you'd get in first push them away before they pushed you away yeah yeah you, you feel like Self preservation you, yeah you do you don't want to be the miserable one you don't want to feel like a burden you think um yeah people don't like a miserable person so <laughs> get them get them out of the way and then they don't have to get you out of the way true so what did you do about it um what can you do about it if someone else is feeling like this right now can recognize some of the things you're saying what did you do or what should they be thinking about doing it's just talk to someone like a hundred percent talk to someone and, and i'm not saying go straight to your doctor and go oh I, I think i'm depressed like you know talk to your partner talk to your best friend talk to your mum talk to your dad you know whoever it is whoever you are the most comfortable talking to just be honest and say 
you know, this is, you probably can't tell, but this is how I'm feeling. And, and just that in itself, I think actually saying it and acknowledging it is, is like a massive first step. But we're a nation of people who don't talk. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. And that's what makes it hard. <laughs> so I know uh, my brother, when he was sort of, initially he was diagnosed with depression. Yes. He yeah. found, this might sound silly, and talking to the cat was actually very good. Oh yeah, they can't answer back. You can, if they can't have an opinion, <laughs> or maybe they do have an opinion. Well, yeah, but they that can't work for him. So. I mean, sometimes talking to a stranger is actually a lot easier than talking to your closest friends. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes you need that person that's outside, and I think because that the overthinking can kick in if you're talking to someone you know, you're you're already kind of thinking there's a prejudgment there and oh well I can't tell them I'm down because they're going to go well you've just got promotion at work or you've just you know you've just got this or you've just got married or or whatever it is and and you think oh they're going to judge me if I say I'm depressed because I I shouldn't be depressed um whereas yeah like you said if you go to a stranger it's a more well you you feel they'd have a more balanced view and they don't they don't know you inside out so there's kind of less judgment yeah and it doesn't have to be a doctor or a um, therapist uh, for me uh, i go to a life coach who helps um she's actually a specialist in anxiety i don't think i suffer from anxiety but it could be because i go to a coach yeah yeah so um and maybe i don't recognize anxiety or I haven't done it in the past but by keeping these sort of things in check i'm able to to manage my thoughts better mm-hmm. so a coach is a great sort of place to go to yeah yeah definitely um whatever sort of um how else has it affected you in life would you say um i think i probably missed a lot of opportunities because of it because you as soon as you're in that mindset um and again this is completely different for everybody you know i'm not talking for everyone with depression i'm just talking how it it personally affected me um if you're in that mindset you're or i was um constantly in in a kind of feeling of not being good enough for for whatever the situation i i wasn't good enough there was someone better than me um and i think because of that you don't put yourself out there and and if an opportunity comes up in in your personal life or or at work you, you, I don't know, you, you don't want to put yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position where someone can say no. So I guess your podcast and the Diabetes and Healthy website is a great example of that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and actually, it was after my, my absolute lowest point that I trained to be a personal trainer. Um, and I should say that that was after I, I went on medication. Um, and again, I'm not saying medication is the answer for everybody. Um, and, you know, if, if there's other ways you can get around it, then, you know, try all avenues. Um, but I am glad that I listened to my doctor and took something for it. And it actually took a doctor to explain it all to me in a certain way. 
um, for me to go, do you know what? I'll give it a go. Because again, I've said, we say, oh, it's, you know, it's taking happy pills or people go, oh, if you start taking them, you'll be on them forever and all this kind of thing. Um, but a doctor said to me that it's, it's a physical thing. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain. Okay, so that is what is causing this constant kind of low mood in the background all the time. So it's a chemical imbalance. And all the medication is going to do is bring that back up to a healthy level, you know, bring it back up to where it should be. And I think I related that to my diabetes. And, you know, that's about taking your insulin and, and getting a balance. And I never would have denied insulin to, to you know, um, to control my my physical health so it was kind of that thought process that was yeah i you know you take stuff for your physical health this is this is just as physical so before we talk about how you are now yes can i be nosy and ask um what was the lowest point the lowest point was actually about probably about five years ago i had to have quite major hip surgery won't go into all the details, but it was the rather unpleasant surgery. And uh, it left me, you know, I, well, they said I wouldn't walk, or wouldn't be walking 100% um, for about 12 months. So, you know, when, when I say it was quite major, it was, you know, a big one. Um, and so the first couple of weeks, I was literally just in bed, couldn't move. Um, and that's when I realized how much I relied on exercise to help my mental health yeah. because that was my outlet. And when I was anxious, that's where I went to clear my head. Um, and I, I think I'd, I'd always enjoyed working out. I'd enjoyed going to the gym, but I, I never realized that it was kind of my therapy until I couldn't do it. Um, and yeah, I definitely hit a very, very low spot when I, when I was unable to exercise. So jumping forward to today then, how's, how do you feel today? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I think depression is something that's, that's always there. It's always in the background, but it's about managing it. Again, a bit like diabetes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy and I am a happy person. And, and when people see me happy now, but there's no acting going on, like I'm happy. Um, but I think the way it affects you, sometimes it affects the way you deal with things. Um, I don't know. So some things that people might not be a big, big deal to some people will become a big deal to you. And that I feel like that's kind of the depression or the anxiety in the background almost kicks in sometimes. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, it's not an issue. Um, and it's, yeah. again, it's, it's yeah. managed with, with exercise. Yes, I do take medication, but if I can stay active, that's, that's my medicine too. Do you still have bad days? Oh yeah. Yeah. But who doesn't? And I, I think it, it's realizing that as well. Like you don't have to be depressed to have a bad day. Yeah. You know, everyone has a bad day. You wake up, feel fed up, feel like you don't want to get out of bed. Um, and that's normal. But again, it, it's when it, it's when it carries on for too long. 
So five years ago, you're at your lowest point. Yes. What made you go to the doctor to talk about it? Because you felt so bad or? Sorry. <laughs> so I have to apologize. It's the best bit. <laughs> this will be getting all the likes and the clicks, this bit. I was going to say it got to a point where I was crying all the time. <laughs> You get lots of virtual hugs from everyone right now. Yeah. Not me, but everyone else. Well, obviously. This is why we couldn't do a lot. <laughs> get a waterproof mascara on. No. Oh. I know. This is why I need my lash extensions. Why is it stopped tears? No, you don't have to wear makeup. Oh, sorry. Keep up. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> um, my lowest point was when I was just a perfect example of, cry <laughs> of crying um, a lot, like, and again, like, well, I say crying for nothing, but you know what I mean, nothing had to trigger it, I would just, I would just cry. But how did you know to go and do something about it, as opposed to a lot of people will, I say this just for dramatic effect, but yeah. they'll wallow in self-pity. Yeah. Um, because what, I say wallowing wasn't an option. I suppose it was an option, really. I could have continued to wallow. Um, but I couldn't see, I think I couldn't see a way out of it. I couldn't, you know, I, I could see it was getting worse. Um, each day it was getting worse, you know, I wasn't, and I wasn't having those happy interruptions anymore. Whereas before I think, you know, you think, oh, it's been a bad day, but actually that was quite funny, but I, I wasn't enjoying anything. You know, I wasn't laughing. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to anything. Um, and I just thought, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Like, I don't know how to come out of this. So you recognize you need to do something. Mm -hmm. Doctor was a, your first place to go to or just a logical place to go to? Yeah, I went, yeah, I went to the doctors. Um, because there, there had been conversations in the past, I said, and, and I had never once been to the doctor and gone, oh, I think I'm depressed. I'd been to the doctors about, you know, about my health and about other things that were going on. And the doctors had asked kind of probing questions. So that there must have, you know, if that's what they're trained for, they were obviously picking up on things that I that hadn't even occurred to me. So it was probably in, in my notes somewhere. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I'd been down at times or, or maybe I'd been struggling to cope with things. Um, and, and I knew they, you know, they, they obviously had asked questions about that before. So I thought I'll, I'll go to the doctors and actually say, do you know what? Maybe you were right. <laughs> Maybe this is more than just being, being a bit down. And how quickly did you notice things starting to improve? Um, so after I went on um, medication, so the medication I'm on is called sertraline, which is um, an antidepressant and anti-anxiety. I'm not going to lie. When I first went on it, I felt dreadful. 
like like but physically ill um, and they did warn me that could happen so I didn't sleep for three days which was one of the side effects of, of starting on it which was a strange one um, and yeah I felt physically ill almost like fluey right um, then those uh, kind of side effects subsided and I'd say it was probably about for only about three to four weeks before I noticed a difference and it it's not until that difference kicks in that you realize how bad you were feeling and how badly it what it was really affecting you and then I was just like oh my gosh why did I not say <laughs> I would try these tablets like three years ago um but yeah yeah probably three to four weeks and and I felt I didn't feel happy and I didn't feel numb, which again is what I hear a lot of people say, but oh, I don't, I don't want to feel numb. Um, I felt normal and I, I felt I, I could remember how I used to feel but before it had obviously started. I'm guessing it's not all down to the drugs though. There was a, an initial sort of, you went to the doctors and there was a sense of relief of getting it. Oh out. yeah, definitely. Just, yeah, d just the fact of talking about it and openly saying, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I'm actually really struggling. You know, is there something wrong with me? Like, is yeah. there anything you can do to help? Just, yeah, yeah, a massive sense of relief because you do feel very alone, I think, when you're in that mindset, even though there's so many people suffering with it. And again, this is why I really want to raise awareness. Um, because, yeah, you, you feel like you're the only person on the planet feeling like that in, in, in that moment. So just a fact to go and talk to someone. And, and I think once you've spoken to a doctor or something like that, it, just by saying it out loud once, it kind of makes it easier to talk to a friend or, or someone like that and say, actually, I, you know, I went to the doctors the other day and, and this is what we spoke about. So you hit your lowest point, you went to the doctors, they helped a few weeks later, you started to feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Then you got to one of your, well, a few high points, I guess, since then. Yeah, definitely. So the, probably the first thing that I did um, when I was feeling like me again, um, was signed up to, uh, start, start training to be a personal trainer. Um, and, and that all kind of stemmed from, I think the realization of how much I'd always known how much exercise, um, and being active benefited my diabetes. But I said, until that point, I had no idea like the impact it was also having on my mental health. Um, and after that kind of like a real realization, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to show other people how good they can feel, yeah. um, you know, from a diabetes point of view and, and also just, just the positive effect it can have on your mental health. So you became a PT. Mm -hmm. Then from there, you went on to another high, which was competing. Yes. Yeah. So God, yeah. Oh, old, old depressed Charlotte definitely wouldn't have done that. <laughs> that one. Um, yeah. So the depression I, would hold you back from doing things like that. wouldn't Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Never would I have 
it, it, I wouldn't have even entertained the idea of trying to do something like that, let alone getting to the point of actually standing on a stage in front of all these people. And, and you're literally, you know, you, you're standing there to be judged. Like that would have been the most terrifying thought, um, you know, in, in my old mindset. And since then, you've gone on to your biggest achievement. And I don't mean the website and your podcast. <laughs> my little boy. <laughs> So again, something which possibly you wouldn't have ever considered a few years ago. No, no, because I wouldn't have, I, I would say at that point, I'd have thought that I couldn't be a good mum because again, it's this whole, you get into this whole kind of, I'm not good enough. You're not good enough for anything. So the thought of being a mum, not only would it have been terrifying, well, I think it's terrifying anywhere from perfectly honest, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't have entertained that idea at all. <laughs> so that's your biggest achievement. But then you've gone on to create your very own business, which mm -hmm. is already you know, a great success. What does the future hold for you? What does the future? That's a good question. Um, I would say the future has never looked as exciting as it looks right now. I just want to like it's literally just getting started and it's you know it, it's it's in its early days but the, the vision is big and I, I just want to reach out and help as many people as I can possibly help I know that sounds cheesy but genuinely that is what I want to do um, I want to help people with diabetes I want to help make their lives easier um, and again, so relevant to mental health, because like I was saying, if you don't address that side of things, you're, you're going to struggle with your diabetes. So I, I want to help them in, in all areas. So it's not just about getting fit. It's not just about, um, you know, how many times you check your blood sugar and doing the right injections. It's not just about what you eat. It's, it's like an overall, you know, look after yourself and your life will get easier with diabetes because everything has a knock-on effect. So if anyone would like to know more about your challenges or got questions for you, can they get in contact? Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. And you know, I get, I get very little emails. I, I always say in my podcast, like, please get in touch with me. Please drop me an email. I love it. I love getting an email from someone that's listened. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if people just don't want to talk to me <laughs> um, or, or if people think I don't mean it. But genuinely, I would love to hear your experiences um, and your thoughts and, you know, what would help you maybe. Like, I'd love to know um, if you're diabetic and if you feel there's something missing or some kind of support that you're not getting. Like, I, I'd love to know what that is. Um, so you can email me always. Um, and it's charlotte at diabeticandhealthy.com. Brilliant. So is there anything I've missed? Any questions I should have asked? Any questions you should have asked? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just getting it out there that but I know it's the whole, there, there was that whole hashtag, like it's okay not to be okay, but it really is. And I think once you start talking about it, you would be shocked how many people, even within your kind of close friends can actually put their hand up and go, yeah, me too. And, and you would have no idea. 
So, you know, never think that you're on your own and you're the only person feeling like this because there, there's, there's many. And I said a lot of people that are very close to you and you may have absolutely no idea, but open up and then, you know, maybe they'll open up as well. Brilliant. Well, well done for being so brilliant in opening up yourself today because I know it's not easy for anyone it's, to it's do. Not, it's not comfortable, but this is what we need to change because it, it's... Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely kind of an air of like embarrassment talking about mental health. Um, but I wanted to talk about it because if, if this, like genuinely, if this helps one person, um, that, that, you know, then it's worth talking about, isn't it? Absolutely. Definitely. And I, I totally agree because, you know, I try and do as much as possible to help raise awareness for my brother's condition, which is yeah. not an easy one to talk about. So totally agree. So uh, this is your podcast. Um, how am I supposed to wrap it up? Oh, how are you going to wrap it up? You're going to tell everyone that if they've enjoyed today's episode, <laughs> they need to subscribe uh, so that they never miss a show because we have got loads of great shows coming up, but we, ge we genuinely have. Um, leave us a review. Love to get a review. And I normally say something along the lines <laughs> of... Um, well, at the moment, I often say stay safe, which I never thought we'd be saying, but in the current lockdown, I tell people to stay safe, um, stay healthy and stay happy. <laughs> well, brilliant. I think you've just done it. Well, there you go. I've done your job. <laughs> well, thank you very much for um, agreeing to uh, come on and, and, and quiz me again. You're welcome. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> We're done. Until next time. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor.